0: Thanks, you guys can grab a seat. You can't do it. You can't do it every year, you know. So, uh, if if you know that that was not me, yeah, no, that wasn't that wasn't me. But I had to, you know, we, when you have the opportunity to cheer on an AFC North champ and uh, and say Hoo Day, uh, you got to do it. So yeah, it's it's, uh, it's it's good. It's fun to be AFC North champs. It's amazing what actually happens when like a team plays together. Like they actually play together. They sync up together. And the plan comes together. The key and all of those things is together. Uh, speaking of teams, I don't know if you remember this team. Uh, remember what they were called? Dream. The Dream Team, right? That's the Dream Team, and uh, I, uh, I, I, you, you gotta love the Dream Team. I mean, look at look at that cast of characters, man. Like that is the Dream Team is the perfect name for that. And you know they were the Dream Team because. Um, if you've ever seen Space Jam, these are the guys that were, when aliens took over the world, were, were sent in to, to make sure that, that uh, everything was all right, and everything worked out. And uh, so there they are. But I don't know if you realize this, but this dream team, I mean, look at these guys, Jordan, Bird, um, I think Pippin was part of one of these teams, right? But the, these guys, um, the dream team, I don't know if you realize this, but they actually got beat. In a scrimmage, did you know this? Did you know this was like news to me that they actually got beat in 1992 in a scrimmage? They got beat by 20 points um, of a a team made up of college students. Did you know this is crazy? Um, And actually, uh, when the media was like coming in, they're like, "Take the you know take the score off the board." Like they didn't want the media to like see what had just happened. But Jordan commented on the scrimmage later by saying, "We got killed today." Uh, They beat us and played well. We were so out of sync and so unsure about things that we feel comfortable with in normal situations. And then he said this, we didn't have any continuity at all. There was no continuity. And Pippen said later in a documentary that those young kids, he said, were killing us. And he said, we didn't know how to play with each other. And uh, so that was really the key is that they were not together. You could have all the best talent, right? You could have all the, the best players but if they're not playing together, um, then you're not going to be successful. And this is what we saw uh, from the dream team. So over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be launching into a series called The Upper Room. And The Upper Room is really going to be all about envisioning the future church, really giving kind of a blueprint for what the future church really would look like as we trace back and really grab from the roots of the past and say, okay, what, what is required really for us to be a church that's living out our purpose in the days ahead. And so what will that look like? And so looking forward to this series, it's really going to be just a great uh, way for us to start the year as we think about what God's calling us into in the future. Stephen's going to lay out a visual for this next week, but the reason it's called Upper Room is because uh, there was this great uh, book that was written by Will Mancini called Future Church, and he talks about this concept of the upper room church, and and these two rooms, this lower room is really kind of based on things um, like, uh, you know, it's all about the program, it's all about the the personality of the pastor in the lower room. It's all about the, um, the, the people that you might see, which, you know, nothing wrong with those things, but uh, he really wants to elevate the church of the future being this church that's really built around another P, and that's the P of purpose. And so um, what does it look like to really be living out uh, the purpose that God has for us? And we've tried to make that central um, as a group of people. And so over the next couple of weeks, we're really going to be looking at this blueprint uh, of what it will take to uh, be that church, that future church of purpose. And that's why togetherness is really the key. And that's why togetherness was at the heart of Jesus' prayer for his disciples, us included. And so I want to just start out really by unpacking this prayer together from John 17. And this is really what Jesus... Uh, elevated as important if we're going to be the church that God has called us to be, if we're going to live as his disciples um, in a world, uh, in the world that we find ourselves in. And so Jesus says this. He says, first of all, he prays for his disciples as he knows he's getting ready to fulfill uh, the mission that he came to earth, which is to give his life life as a ransom, and then be raised to new life. And so he knew, he knew this was coming, and so he prays for his disciples. And then he says, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. And so he's saying, I, I want to pray for the, the ones that would come to receive the message of the gospel, all of us that have responded and received that message. And so he says that all of them may be one, Father, just as you and I, you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. So he's saying, listen, the best evidence of the, the fact that you have sent me into the world and so that they might believe that you have sent me, he says, may they be one, may they be together. And togetherness is important. He says, I've given them the glory that you gave me that may, may be one as we are one. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love that you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. And so this is really what is central to what we're talking about as this blueprint for the church, as the body of Christ, the people of God, is that Christ would be in us and that we would be one with one another, that we would have unity. And so the strongest way that we can move into 2022 and beyond is together, together. The best way that we can approach what God has for us in 2022 is as a body together. And so what I want to spend a little bit of time doing this morning is talk about three moves that are moves that we can make together as we approach 2022, as we pursue the purpose that God has for us as a church, not just as a local church, but as a the church of Jesus, what moves would be the wise moves to make, moves that we won't regret making as we approach this year and the years to come? So, the, and these are going to sound obvious, and these are actually really uh, three values that I set before our leaders, those that lead community and core group leaders, as we had a training um, in the fall. And I basically said to them, we have to go first on these things, these things have to be where we lead from, the place that we lead from. And these are things that we do together. And the first is this, and that is pray together, pray together. If you survey the life of Jesus, his prayer life was unmistakable. Even though he himself was the son of God, even though he had the clearest connection to God and the strongest tie to God, he still valued and really elevated for us the importance of maintaining this communication with God And so he did this with regularity. You'll see so many instances where Jesus went and and found time to be alone with God. But for the case today, as we talk about togetherness, there is also power to be found in praying together. One of the most profound and powerful stories can be found in the Gospel of Luke. And Jesus had just got done talking to disciples about denying themselves, taking up their cross and following him. And he says, truly, I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God. And about eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went up onto a mountain to pray. And so here he is. He's like, okay, we're going to go, and we're going to have this moment, and it's going to be a together kind of a moment, and we're going to experience prayer in, in, in this sense together. And so they, they go up onto the mountain to pray. And then we read, as he was praying, the appearance of his face changed. This is the transfiguration. The appearance of his face changed, and his clothes became bright as flash of lightning. And then two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor, talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. And this is interesting. Peter and his companions were very sleepy. But when they became fully awake, so you ever been that moment with prayer? Like you're in a kind of a prayer group, and you're getting a little sleepy, you know, like you're just a little tired. And here they are, they're having the most profound experience and encounter with God in prayer, and they're a little bit sleepy, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory, and the two men standing was like, whoa, okay, like this is a profoundly powerful moment, and Peter realizes this. And it says, as the men were leaving, Jesus and Peter said to him, Master, it's just so good for us to be here. Like, you can imagine, like, Peter just saying something like that. It's, It's just good to be here. Like, this is just a good moment. We're in God's presence. This is a powerful moment. This is a special moment. And he's like, this is just, it's just so good to be here. And then he says this, let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah, and then there's a little, like, excerpt, like, in the, the biblical translation that, that I had pulled up, and it just said in parentheses, he did not know what he was saying. Like, he, he just did it. He's just so excited. He's just so, like, overwhelmed by this moment. He's just like, it's just so good. To be, let's build some shelters. Like, I'll build one for Elijah and one for Moses. I mean, you can imagine, like, these are, like, heroes of the faith, and here he is. He's standing in the presence of all these guys in Jesus, and he's just, like, so overwhelmed. It's like, this is so good to be here. And while he was speaking, you know, and and stuttering through whatever he was talking about, about building shelters, while he was speaking, a cloud appeared and covered them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. A voice came from the cloud saying, this is my son whom I have chosen, listen to him. And when the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone, and the disciples kept this to themselves and did not tell anyone at that time what they had seen. Now, obviously, Jesus was in that moment, and this was like a very unique moment. But I can tell you right now that some of the best moments that we can have is when we just gather a couple brothers and sisters, and we say, let's, let's go to God in prayer. Like, let's join together in prayer. Let's go up on that mountain together in prayer. Or let's go, you know, grab some, some time at coffee in prayer. Whatever that is, it's, there's this amazing experience that we can have when we do that, when we we spend time with other brothers and sisters in prayer. One of my Favorite moments of the past year was a moment where uh, some group of guys that I knew that were kind of we were all kind of going through some different things and and we're like let's go out on a hike let's take some time and go hike uh, in, just out in the woods and just get out in nature and you know just doing things guys like to do and so we went out but one of the things that was really special about this time is this was really a time of authenticity where guys were just sharing some of what they were going through and and we just had this really powerful time then where we're like as we're walking we're just. We're just praying to God out loud for each other and spending that time. And I, I can just tell you now, not, not just in that experience, but in so many experiences like that, where it feels like that gap between heaven and earth is just, that, that distance is just, just shrinks down when you take some brothers and sisters with you and you just go to God in prayer. Some of the best moments in my life are moments where I have been with others and just taking time to reach out to God in prayer. And, and I, w- I would encourage you to continue to think about prayer in the same kind of a way. Yes, take time to pray alone, but what would it look like if we just, as a people, continued to just be bold in the way that we prayed together? Now, Martin Luther said once that to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. And I think for many of us, we've been holding our breath for a long time. And maybe without realizing it, or maybe just kind of going on autopilot and doing things on our own, we've forgotten about the very powerful thing that we possess with prayer. And it would be fair to say, I think, even in our day, that there's no shortage of passionate people in our time. I mean, people are passionate about everything right now. I mean, you go on the social media, you see people are passionate about a lot of different things, right? And they're, they're very quick to let us know all about their passions, you know? And, and, and by the way, there is nothing wrong with passion. I'm all for passion. I think we should be passionate people, But I think what really seems to be lacking is not passionate people, but prayerful people. What we're really calling our church to be in 2022 and beyond is, yes, be passionate, but passionate, prayerful people. What would it look like if we allowed our passion to translate into prayer? And really, even out in front of that, this cycle being that prayer really is what drives our passion, and then our passion drives us to more prayer. And so this is really the first move that I, I hope that we can make together in, into the future is this move of praying together. And I think that also there's no shortage of desperate people in our day. But what we need is more people who are desperate for God. And if you're somebody who's desperate today, know that desperation turned toward God is the beginning of hope. That moment where that desperation is really turned to a desperation for God, we see hope beginning to arise so I just wanted to pose a question. What kind of strides could we make personally in 2022 if this was the year that we really took God serious when it came to prayer? If we stopped trying to operate on our own power and really invited God in to our lives and to our families and to our church? I think that something powerful could happen if we trusted the invitation that is offered in Hebrews that we would approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. What if we continue to surround ourselves with brothers and sisters and lean into God through prayer? What if we let our families in that way when we when we struggle, we just said, hey, we're gonna stop and pray together, because that's what we do as a family. When when God granted us victory, that we acknowledged it and we we recognized it and we 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 demonstrated gratitude towards him for it. Uh, when we need guidance, we, we would ask God to, for, for the wisdom that we need. And, and by the way, he, he gives abundantly those who ask for wisdom. And so I would encourage us just to, number one, as we take steps into 2022, to pray together. The second thing is that we would grow together. Now, this is the time of the year. There's New Year's resolutions, right? Everybody's going to be growing in some category. It's like once, it's like January is the only time when we can really, like, make new goals, right, and set, set new objectives, and, and all of a sudden, like, all of the things that we didn't get accomplished last year is, like, all of a sudden, like, we're going to grow. This is going to be the year that we grow in this category or get the diet right or finally get to exercising or whatever it would be. And I think that some people could be successful in those resolutions, but it has to get beyond a resolution, Right? If we want to grow together, yes, we have to, to desire to grow together, but we have to set that into motion. And by the way, if we're talking about physically, we can't grow if we don't eat, right? If we don't eat, if we don't consume, and, and we don't nourish ourselves, we, don't, um, we, we can't grow if we don't eat. And uh, I've been telling my kids this all the time. Like we literally, like all the time, it's like we want to like, our plates are like, we got stuff, like good stuff on the plate and I, I'm not trying to take it personally, but I've made some good stuff, and it's sitting on the plate. I could make like the juiciest, like most delicious steak, You do like a reverse sear, you know, kind of a situation, nice juicy steak. I mean, uh, big old, you know, nice hamburger or some chicken wings, or like all of these things, and like, you know, we could have nice fresh vegetables and fruits in the plate, and I'm like, when I'm cleaning up the dishes, guess what? The stuff's still on the plate, and I'm like, what's what is all this good stuff still doing? And then I'm eating it, you know? I'm like, okay, like, I'm like, guys, you cannot grow if you don't eat. You gotta eat if you wanna grow. And then, you know, what ends up happening is, it's like, I want a snack. It's always the snacks, you know? Like, I want a snack. Why do you want a snack? Well, because you didn't eat your plate. I'll give you a snack, like, here's your plate, you know? Like, you can have this to snack on. And so, you know, what? and, and the funny thing at our house is, um, at least two of our kids still love these little Pouches. I don't know how many of you guys like have pouches. Like they're the little baby food pouches. And literally like we would have a steady diet of just liquid foods if we could. Like, I, think, I don't know if we don't like chewing or what it is. But like these pouches are like, and Jude will just consume one after another. And if there's pouches in our house, they're, like, sucking these things down. And Jess is like, you're such a sucker because, like, I won't be paying attention. And Jude will just come up into me and he'll go, thanks, Daddy. And he'll, like, reach one up. And then I'll be opening it before I realize it. And, and, and even lately, it's like he's known because his mom's already told him no. And, and, and so he'll come up to me. He'll be like, good job, Daddy. Good job, you know. Like, I, I'm like, I didn't even, I just, like, it's autopilot now. I'm giving them liquid food, you know. So hopefully we'll graduate beyond that at some point. Now, the same is true for us spiritually, right? That we have to eat if we want to grow. Like if we just, if we stopped eating, we would stop developing, right? And so Jesus tells us, he makes this connection when he says that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And so as we approach 2022, it is important for us to continue to allow the words of God and the very word of God, Jesus, both as a person, but in the word of truth that he has spoken to sustain us, shape us, and continue to produce growth in us. If we want to grow, we got to eat. Jesus says in John 15, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. And I don't think anyone here would argue that the best possible place, if we want to see God's fruit in our lives, especially based on this passage, is close to Jesus as possible, allowing his words to permeate every area of our life. Without them, we regress where we were meant to progress, we become malnourished where we were meant to grow and flourish. And many of you have heard and we've used this assessment before as one of our discipleship tools. But We have this uh, discipleship assessment that we, that we use. is just kind of an evaluation of where you are kind of on this, what we call the spiritual wellness continuum. And so the, the goal is to be spiritually well, to be spiritually healthy, to have spiritual satisfaction, which really would be at the top of that continuum. Now, there are a couple different realities that that often exist, and Jesus, this is really kind of based on a parable that Jesus talks about in Matthew 7, 24 through 29, when he says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, again, the words, the bread, the, the, the sustenance that we need, that anyone hears those words, takes those words in, And when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, because he taught as one who had authority, and not as the teachers of the law. And so, the wise person, the spiritually well person, is the person who does, who does what it says here, hears the words, and puts them into practice. So, just backing back up to look at that again here, if we could. Um, so, on one side of the scale, you've got this person that maybe isn't even putting themselves, positioning themselves. Frequently enough or consistently enough to hear the words of God, and the the ultimate uh, result here is that you get to this place where you're you're, you're st- you've you've created a starvation mode, and so you're spiritually starving yourself, and because of that, um, you're not seeing spiritual health in your life. And I think that you know again, you got to eat, and so beyond even just like Sunday morning, but like what does it look like for you to continue to in every. Uh, regard to hunger more and more from God, for God, which brings us to the spiritual level of health, if we're on that starvation side. On the other side, I think that we can get to the place where we know all the things, we've read all the script. Maybe even like you do your devotion every day, you do all the stuff that you need to do and, and, and read the words of Jesus. you read've read books, you know theology, whatever it might be. But if you fail to put these things into practice, something called stagnation will happen, right? And we'll get stuck here, too, which is also not a place of spiritual wellness, which is this place where we have not put those things into practice in our lives. And either either way, we're not in a state of spiritual wellness. And if the person is in a state of stagnation, the, the key is, okay, developing practices in our lives, healthy habits, and, and living these things out, which brings us to... A place of spiritual health. And so my question would be, where would you say that you are on this continuum? And it might shift back and forth from time to time, but as we continue to reach new levels of health, we see this progression um, in our lives. So I would continue to encourage you to evaluate that as we here, we want to be a, a group of people that as we step into 2022 is growing together, that growth ultimately is our goal, that we would grow in the likeness of Jesus, that we would continue to see ourselves sanctified more and more in, uh, in Him. And the last thing that I want to talk about today is this idea that as we continue to grow together, then we have this opportunity and really this commission to go together. So we pray together, we grow together, and we go together. Matthew nine thirty five 35-38 says this, And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest." And so this really is Jesus saying, listen, there is plenty of harvest out there. There's plenty of opportunity out there, but there is a, there is a labor shortage. There is a, there is a shortage of those that are willing to go and do the work and to carry out the mission. And so the call for us would be the kind of people that would say yes to that in 2022 to say, hey, listen, we're willing to go together. And it really is a collective effort. It's an individual effort, but it's also a collective effort. Um, a while back, um, I don't know how many of you were, were here for those days. Many of you, several of you actually probably here were here for those days when we met out at the daycare center. And uh, the daycare center was essentially just down the road here off 741, and you would never really ever see it unless you knew where you were going. And it's back uh, behind Kroger's, essentially. Uh, there was this, this daycare center. And so um, when we first started the church, we were kind of in this, like, hidden location. And so um, there was this this sign that we would Put out on the road. And one of my jobs was to like throw this sign into the vehicle, drive this sign out, and put this sign on the road that basically just said Access Church with an arrow because otherwise you would never find it. You'd never realize how to get there. And so and, and, like I'd have to like strap it down because it would just constantly blow over because of cars coming by on 741. So like this was like one of my Sunday morning tasks, like every, every Sunday morning um, early on. And additionally, we'd have these other little signs that we'd like put like like the yellow brick road down to Axis with like little yard signs, but the key sign was the one with the arrows, like turn here if you want to come to Axis Church, you know. And so um, that was that was something I did on the regular. And what, we would do this thing once a year where we would have a serve day. And so on the serve day, we do this thing called Axis serves, and the idea was like we're gonna go out in the community, we're gonna we're gonna do some things, be the hands and feet of Jesus, love on people, and so we go out together and serve in that way. And uh, So the day that one of the years I thought I was going to be pretty clever and the day that we were going to go serve out in the community, I decided to turn that sign around that pointed to the church, now pointed out into the community. I'm like, I'm just going to flip that thing around and like made no sense to anybody, like, they thought, like, they're, like, w- like we just thought you were being a moron, like, basically, and uh, so, like, or you just didn't pay attention, and you put the sign out wrong, or whatever, but I told them, I was, like, no, like, you know why I did that, is because Axis Church, we're gonna go, that's us, we're out there today, like, that's, you know, the church, we're being sent out, and uh, so I thought it was pretty clever, but um, I, I don't know, they might have just thought it was silly, but, um, but anyway, I, I say that to say, you know, it's more than just a day, right? I mean, that really is, that expression of the arrow being sent out, that, that, that's us every day. I mean, that really is what we're called to do. That's what Jesus has commissioned us to do, is go be the sent people of God, sent out into the world to proclaim uh, the redemptive plan of God in their individual lives. And so it's not just a one-day thing. It's not just a once-a-year thing where we go and we, we serve some people. It's an everyday thing. And my hope is that we could continue to, as a church, embody that spirit and really take hold of that mission to, to go and live out among people and to be present in the lives of people and to proclaim the gospel of Jesus to people. And this really is uh, our, our, our ongoing hope and prayer is that we could do that. Because there's no doubt that there is a, a ripe harvest in our day. I mean, we see it. There's no doubt that there's people searching. I mean, just look around uh, and the people in your lives and in your circles. There's no doubt that there's people hurting. We see it all the time. And many many in this room, even today, there's no doubt that, that hope is needed. The, uh, the, the harvest is plentiful. The question is, who will go? The laborers are few. The only question is, will we go? And we will go. We'll go together to spread the message of hope, to show people the love of Jesus. There is no more important work. May we all see God's work as our work. I mean, that's really how we have to see it, is this is our mission, that we are the laborers. May we be a church that isn't just about a place, it's not just about the location, but it is really us being sent out as the called-out people of God. People filled with purpose. People continuing to go, and not just going, praying, growing, and going, and doing all those things together. So what I want to do just for a little bit of time here as we close out today is just spend some time praying together, doing what, just what we talked about here a moment ago and just inviting God to come uh, into to our lives, into our hearts, and continuing to uh, just, just guide us out into the mission that he has for us. And so um, we're just going to take a couple moments and uh, just spend some time praying. And so I'll, I'll lead out on a few prayers here, and, and I just want to encourage you to just take some moment. Uh, moments and just in your own time and space uh, to pray these things as well so let's just go to God in prayer Heavenly Father we just come to you today and we just we look upon a new year we look upon 2022 and um, and the opportunity that's really out in front of us and God first the first thing we want to pray God is we just really want to just invite your presence, God. We want to invite your presence into our lives, and we want to ask, God, that you would fill us, that you would truly just fill us in this season and in this year. And so, God, we just want to take a couple moments now just to invite you. And it, it might be possible that some of us have kind of tried to venture out into 2021 and 2020, and maybe, maybe... Really, for much of our life, we try to just do it on our own, our own power, our own strength, our our our, our own wisdom. But God, what if this was the year that we finally said, "You know what? Enough of that. I, I I want to invite Your presence. I want to invite Your power into my life." And so, God, first we just want to pray for that, God, that we would be a people this year that are powered by prayer, and so we just take a couple moments, God, just to invite you into our lives, into our families, into our hearts. Jesus, we just love you and we acknowledge the fact that each and every one of us in this room is imperfect. Each and every one of us in this room is, is broken. Each and every one of us in this room is seen our lives marred by sin. But God, you are our redeemer. You are our help. And so we just ask, God, that you would help us to continue to just follow after you. God, we pray that as we do that, as we anchor our lives to you, God, that you would help bring about growth in our lives. Help us to seek those things, God, those those things that maybe we haven't been able to grab hold of in the past and those things that we maybe haven't lived out so well, those things that, truths that maybe we know but we haven't seen or really embrace in our lives, God. I pray that this will be the year that we could take those things to heart and really chase after those things. And so now, God, we just take a moment or two just to pray for for growth, that you would allow us to grow as individuals and as a body. Often we know, God, that it's through pruning that you bring about something perfect and complete and fruitful. So we even give you thanks for the trials and the sufferings the things that we face today. Knowing that even those things are your work and your ability to transform us and change us, to make us stronger, to make us better. And so for those, God, that are in seasons of pruning right now, I just pray, God, that you would allow them to take heart in knowing that you are precise in the way that you prune. And we want to continue to invite you in that. Cut out those things in us that are unfruitful and multiply those things in us that are fruits of you. God, I just pray that you would continue just to stir in us a passion for your purpose in our lives. It can be so easy to get occupied on lesser things, but you put us here to advance your redemptive purpose and plan. pray, God, that you would, just in these next couple moments, God, maybe bring a name to mind or a context to mind that you have sent us. Maybe there's a group of people that are on our hearts, God, that need your hope. I just want to lift those names up to you right now. God we pray your kingdom come your will be done in 2022 we pray that God this year would be your year God to just work in us work through us help us to get out of your way and we just trust you God that you continue to lead us into the future. We just love you so much for, for Jesus. And we just pray, God, that we just want more of Jesus in 2022. Give us more of Jesus. We pray in his name. Amen.